Episode 21, Old Wounds, Part 1. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erthrandir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, as always, to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top gothic horror campaign. I'm Dragna Carta, your host and DM, and thank you for everyone for tuning in once again this week. I'm thinking that we've got some fun times ahead for you. We will see how it goes. Um, as always, we'll have some more stuff for you after the break. But for now, I think we're all set and ready to dive in and get started with Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten. A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrilai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface. In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metrion. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metrion the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely. The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lilisen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself, and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her. Amity a terrifying deviloid with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. Erthrandir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite got enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time.
And welcome back. And so, last we left off on Twice Bitten. Fleeing Velaki in the wake of Ezek's death and the vampire attack on St. Andrew's Church, the companions travel to the Vistani encampment to the south of town, looking to uncover the source of the Vistani ability to seemingly travel beyond Barovia's mists. There, the party divided, Erthrandir leading a group to meet Casimir, the leader of a local Dusk Elf encampment, while Metreon and Kiva ascended the hill to meet the Vistani. At Casimir's humble cottage, the travelers learned of the tragic history of the Dusk Elves and their voyage to Barovia. Casimir informed them that Strahd von Zarevich had once been a cruel and powerful warlord, and, troublingly, that Barovia's walls of mist had rolled in shortly after his transformation into a vampire, imprisoning its residents ever since. Meanwhile, Metreon and Kiva joined Adrian Mardikov to meet Luvash and Aragal, the evident leaders of the Vistani encampment. Luvash offered to sell the two companions potions that would allow safe travel through Barovia's deadly mists, but at a steep price. Kiva, bargaining on the group's behalf, discovered that Luvash's young daughter, Arabelle, had gone missing the previous day and secured the potions and a promise of escort to Barovia's borders in exchange for a vow to return Arabelle safely home. The companions regrouped and made their way together to the old Svalich Road in search of the missing Vistana girl. Their search along the eastern shore of the Luna River led them to Lake Zarevich, a dark northern lake overshadowed by the towering Mount Baratok. At a small beach just north of Velaki, they confronted Bluto, a fisherman, and rescued Arabelle from a watery grave at his hands, where she would have been lost to the depths of the Lake Zarevich forever. Victorious and relieved, the party, alongside their new rescuee and traveling companion, made their way back to the Svalich Road to return to the Vistani for their reward. And so. I would like to say on the way back to the camp, uh, Metreon, who has not taken a drink at all until now, will offer some to Arabelle. She glances at the wineskin for a moment, blinks innocuously at it, then looks up at you, sniffing. This is wine, yes? Yeah, yeah it's been a hard day for you, and uh, I won't tell no one if you don't. My father says I cannot drink wine until I am 13. Well, your father's not around, is he? Kiva just gives Matryon a look. Uh, it's, uh, um, no pressure, no pressure, love. Just, you know, it's it's been a long day. And he goes back she and drinks it. She eyes the white and skin thoughtfully. Perhaps I shall take you up on that when I am 13, but not yet. Oh, uh, ho hopefully I won't be around me at 13. No offense, but... With Arabelle making her way alongside you, occasionally walking a little bit faster to keep up with her younger, shorter legs, you make your way through the uh, small trails carved through the southern woods beyond Velaki, making your way toward the Vistani encampment. As you do, you notice a fresh set of tracks carved uh, through the muddy earth of these paths. And Kiva, you're reminded of the Mardikov's uh, recent departure. Together, you make your way toward the end of the tree line where coming into view, you can see once more the small hill atop which you can see the 
nestled red tent of the Visani encampment surrounded by the barrel-topped wagons, and at its base, these small, humble dusk elf cottages, each one billowing a small stream of gray smoke into the foggy air. Kiva what are you all doing? Uh, crouches down and sort of offers her shoulders to Arabelle if like she wants to get sort of piggyback ride. She's in a very good mood right now, having found this little girl. <laughs> She's like actually smiling and happy right now. Um, and then if Arabelle accepts, she'll just sort of carry her up to the to the camp and see her father. Arabelle eyes you. I suppose this is an invitation for me to climb on your shoulders, yes? Uh, yes, love. Only if you want to, though. I think that I would enjoy that. One moment. And she kind of very carefully kind of takes a hold of your upper arm and kind of shifts her weight up, uh, hugging your neck as she pulls herself onto your shoulders. Kiva is trying very hard not to burst into motherly tears and uh, carry her up. She's almost going to be sad to let her go. Has anyone ever called you precocious at it? She looks thoughtful for a moment. I don't believe so. Why do you ask? I'm just asking. Yeah, if they do, don't listen. It's very nice when you're six, but gets much less pleasant when you're 26. Say no, no, no. I'm keep the keep those smarts to yourself until you're ready to use them, and then knock them dead. Hmm. She looks thoughtful again. I shall consider that. So, sir, I am seven years old, not six. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah get it right. Seven. Oh, I'm deeply sorry. Kiva, like, mocks, shakes her head in just sort of, uh, like, surprise. Like, oh my god, Ayrton, dear, how could you? I, I know, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't even think. He is. He kind of grins at her. Uh, let, let me here. Let, let me lead. Let's head back up then so we can bring the seven-year-old where she belongs. Arabelle just nods and settles comfortably onto Kiva's shoulders, hugging a little bit harder and looking intently ahead. As you make your way forward, you see um, coming into view the familiar view of uh, who, the guard outside the first house who you recognize to be uh, Saraz the uh, Dusk Elf uh, guard who you had encountered earlier. As you approach, his eyebrows raise and he shifts his weight uh, beneath his cloak. Well, well, that's a familiar face. You mean I her? reckon that... Sorry, I, uh, uh, Metran looks back at Arabelle and then back at Saraz. We all know each other. Like, do you all get on? Can't say that uh, we've met personally, but I've had as good a description. And, well, I reckon your uh, father will be mighty glad to have you back. He just gives Arabelle a curt nod, and she smiles and uh, nods toward him. That is most appreciated. I am sure that I will look forward to seeing him as well. And Sarah's I love her so much. nods. I'm sure the others will be uh, grateful. Uh, I'll let them know when they come back to camp. He watches Arabelle blinks and tilts her head. 
Ah, yes. There must have been others searching for me. Do you mean to imply, sir, that those of your community were joining the effort? And as Sarah nods, she nods uh, considerately. That is really appreciated. I am grateful for your community's friendship. Sarah's just kind of like eyes her with a bit of relief and another nod. And Arabal turns back to Kiva, hugging her neck once again. This Kiva's just in awe of this tiny little like diplomat. Um, <laughs> she's so great. Uh, okay, yeah. So then she'll just head right up. She's not going to try to belabor it. Um, once they've checked in with the guards, she's just going to head right up to to Luvash and and present the baby. Yep. Okay. Together, you make your way up the side of the hill, following the familiar wagon carved trail up to its crest together. As you do, you see coming into place the assorted horses tethered to stone blocks, the wagons around you. You carefully sidestep a uh, steaming pile of horse dung, Kiva. Arabelle's nose wrinkling slightly um, as together you pass toward the side of the tent open to the exterior and pass by a number of empty casks of what appear to have been wine to make your way inside. Oh, what it up, Winden? Special delivery here. As you enter, you can see a number of individuals within. Uh, you can see a number of Vistani clustered on places on the dead grass. Um, you can see uh, the teenager, Alexi, uh, who had been bound to the uh, pole at the center, just kind of sitting alone at one side, rubbing his uh, wrists and wincing slightly as another uh, Vistani uh, tends to his back. Um, off to the other's corner, you see Luvash and Aragal, who have kind of clustered in on one side of the tent um, by one of the fire, uh, by one of the campfires, look up toward you, and as you make your announcement, Kiva, the interior of the tent, which had been abuzz with a very quiet, murmured conversation, immediately goes silent. And then... Luvash stares at you for a moment and then charges you like a raging bull. Kiva just can't help but like smile. I mean, she's like, she doesn't even try to move out of the way. She just sort of helps Arabelle um, get down off of her back. And it's just like, I mean, she's now fully crying at this point. Um, the second Arabelle's feet touch the ground, Luvash scoops her up, carrying her up and kind of spinning her around in this joyful uh, circle. Uh, his, you can see his eyes are uh, watering somewhat. His eyebrows up in his head. My little girl. Oh, by the gods, is it? It's really you. You came back. Are you all right? Are you hurt? What happened? And he continues on that for another thirty seconds, and you hear Arabel protesting. Father, it is all right. I'm not harmed. I'm quite well. These nice people, they helped me return. Luvash kind of interrogates her for a few more moments before um, holding her close to his chest. Um, you can see um, him visibly struggling to hold his composure as you see small tears kind of uh, dripping out of one of his eyes as he holds her tight. I was so worried. The woods, they are dangerous. You know that you're not supposed to go away in the woods. And then you hear Airball say, it, it, it was... Um, 
There was a complication. I was not expecting to be off on my own. Uh, I will tell you later. Um, but um, it was all thanks to these uh, nice travelers. They were able to find me and bring me safely home. Luvash just blinks away tears as Arabelle points one of her little stubby fingers toward you. Um, he fixes his eyes on uh, kind of the motley crew you've gathered, his gaze lingering on Kiva last and longest. Thank you. I did not... I was not... Thank you for bringing my little girl home. She's a very special girl you've got here, and I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we were happy to be able to reunite you. Yeah, she's got a good head, not head on her shoulders. That she does. <sighs> you watch as the um, somewhat shorter, more slender man, Ariel, comes over and places a hand on uh, Lubash's shoulder and another finger on Ariel's cheek. How is my favorite? Uh is doing. I'm glad to see you home safe. Let us uh, ensure that your father does not uh, get carried away with himself, yes? And Arabelle kind of giggles and swats Aragal's hand away in a uh, you know, more childish view than you've seen before. Um, Aragal smiles and steps back. Well, this is a lovely reunion, and you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but we do have uh, some business to discuss, yeah? Luvash um, blinks and then nods. Um, he uh, kind of plants a kiss on Arabelle's forehead and then uh, puts her down on the ground beside him, holding her close. Yes, of course. Um, I would, whatever I can do for you. Uh, please. Let's get the carriage going then, yeah? Uh, how long is it going to take to set it up? You know, uh, 20 minutes, 30? He hesitates for a moment. Ah, um, oh, there might be a bit of a problem with um, previous arrangements. What problem with previous what, what arrangements? What problem? What problem? The potions I mentioned, um, they aren't as potent as they could be. But I assure you that we have uh, many other wishes that we could offer you. What do you mean um, not potent? What do you mean not potent? It is, these things can be uh, variable sometimes. Um, there are sometimes some issues with uh, the production. Um, okay, Erythrindir uh, wants to see if that's at all true. <laughs> make an insight check. All right, so you can't give us the potions, but you can travel the mist yourself so we can just get in the carriage and you can take us. I thought it was the, the original plan. I thought that what I thought that's what we were negotiating for. We didn't negotiate for potions. We negotiated for safe passage in a carriage. That um, uh, Air would you roll? Uh, natural one, so a one. As far as you can tell, he seems to be sheepish, but he's hard to read. There's a lot of conflicting emotions on his face right now. Um, and in response to Kiva and Metrion, he coughs again and says. That is not entirely how it works. You see, the Vistani, we have a special uh, exemption of sorts, uh, but it is not one that uh, I, I could choose to extend to you even if I wished it. What are you what, saying? What do you mean, exemption? What What are you talking about? It is uh, a special arrangement, uh, you might say. Um, believe me, if, the, if, the, if I could employ it uh, as a 
measure of gratitude for what you have done for my family, I would, but it is not within... It is not possible. I, I am you knew this the whole sorry. time? I... You know what? Maybe you ought to go swimming in the lake. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and cast Suggestion. Metron. Oh, God. My eyes go kind of darker and my voice gets a little bit bassier. All right. As soon as you say that, um, you watch as Lubash's eyes go wide and Aragul's form blurs with motion. Um, I need you to make a initiative roll for me, please. Sure. Oh, All my us. God. Yeah, just just Metreon for now. He was just going to try to like keep Arabelle out of whatever this conflict is. <laughs> oh weird. Uh yeah, just a moment. I didn't realize it doesn't let me do it unless there's okay. a combat thing. It's a wisdom saving throw, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. Six. Uh, gotcha. Did you roll a d10 for initiative? Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes you might want to roll a d20. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that might be nice. Seventeen. Much better. There we are. All right. You cast the spell, um, and as you do, you watch as the rest of you watch as his eyes turn black and. As he speaks, a small trail of blackish fog expels from his mouth, sliding through the air before Luvash, stepping back, inhales it as it rolls up his nostrils and into his eyes. He hesitates for a second, and then the rest of you watch as Aragal's form blurs, and in the blink of an eye after the spell finishes, Aragal has drawn a short sword and is has now held it uh, against Metreon's neck. Oh, 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 listen, listen, it's just business. Whatever right. you just did to my brother, I would suggest you remove it before I remove your esophagus. <laughs> as you look down, you can actually feel a bit of slickness and Kiva. Beside Metron, you can see the short sword glints with a faint uh, greenish fluid. All right, all right. Why don't we just take a moment? Metreon, undo what you just did. Rubash is already walking toward the exit of the tent. Someone stop him. God damn it. Erythrindir, like, tries to grab onto him. Kiva is now trying to step between the blade and Metreon and Aragol. What was it going to look at all of this? And then just turn and walk out of the tent. <laughs> look, we're all a little frustrated right now that we've been lied to, okay? We've been through a lot. We brought the girl back safely. I think you can lower your sword and we can talk about this. I will lower my sword when your friend here drops whatever magic he has wrought. Metreon, drop it. Metreon is looking Aragal dead in his eyes and hesitates for a little bit of time. Kind of gives him a bit, a bit of a smirk out of the corner of his mouth. Fine. Come back then. And when, I, uh, when he says that, uh, the spell drops. The spell okay. drops and Luvash starts coughing, uh, holding a, both hands to his chest and glancing around. Hey, I, I know it feels awful. It's going to be all right. Just 
take a second to breathe. He turns uh, toward uh, Metron and immediately starts stomping toward him. Kiva stands in the way again. Oh my god, these men! What in the hell did your friend do to me? He tried to make you go swim in a lake. We're frustrated you lied to us. Calm down. Let's just talk this out. Yeah, listen. We could have talked this out before we went there. Listen, I'm, I'm glad that you've got your little girl, but you could have fucking saved us a lot of fucking grief. Metreon, there is a time to say that, and it is before you tried to enchant him. The time they could have they could have told us that they was fucking lying to us was before we went out there. Maybe. But I don't think that helps anyone right now. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking Ismark was pretty right about you all. For fuck's sake. All right, Fuck off. Alright, look. Kiva's gonna to try to pull Luvash aside away from this tension moment. Please. As you do, he kind of leans down toward you. I am in a good mood right now because of what you did for my daughter, but I would suggest your, you ask your friend to leave before I lose my temper. Kiva's going to turn to Metreon and just say, just give me a minute. Oh, no, no, it's, it's all good, love. You, you talk to them all you like. I'm, I'm going to go find Arena and Ismark. And uh, Metreon uh, kind of casts a bit of a, sh- a shit-eating grin at both Luvash and Aragel and uh, kind of gives him the two-finger salute as he walks out of the tent and goes to find uh, Ismark and Irina. Lilson watches him very carefully as he walks out of the tent. Once they're um, a little more alone, Kiva will then like pull him even further away from if Metreon were to come back in or if anyone were to start, you know, fighting again. So you offered a way out of this place in exchange for us finding a doll, which is pretty reasonable because you wanted to motivate people to f- save your daughter from being imminently murdered. But given that we've done that, I think you owe us something. Especially since you lied to us. Yeah, you mentioned potions, and they're not potent. How could they be that way? We have magic, not just him. We could help you if that's something you need. Or it's just a scam, right? Luvash doesn't quite meet Kiva's eyes, but he does mumble under his breath. I cannot fix the potions. Ah. All right. Okay. So, let's rephrase the thing, then. You cannot bring us out of here, correct? Because of your agreement with your... Because of your agreement. And I cannot I cannot bring you out of Bolivia because the one who has the sole power to do that has not granted permission. Great. So how do you get his permission? My, as I said, my people have a special history. I cannot say the same for you. All right. If that's the case, and you could not bring us with you, is there any information you could give that would lead us to being able to get out of here? How how to gain the favor you have, or just other knowledge? Anything at all? 
If you are looking for a way to escape, there is none. If you are not your if the lord of the castle has not given his grant to you, then the mists are as walls to you. Look, I've been told that these mists weren't even always here, probably. So, at some point, something happened that made them come. So, something can happen that can make them go away, too. Maybe you don't know anything about that, in which case... <sighs> she just grunts. Alright. You can't let us out, and... Well, I don't think we're getting the, the Master's favor. But we did do you a pretty significant service. Do you have... What else do you have to offer? Safe passage to Kresk. Kresk. I don't know why I said it like that. What? He frowns. If you are looking for passage to Kresk, then I believe that it, that that would be in my power to offer. Yes, my people know how to travel these roads without attracting the attention of the dark things within. Lin like wagons, carriages, so that we don't have to walk on the road and get attacked by werewolves. That he frowns and glances toward Aragol, who murmurs something quietly in his ears. Luvash sighs and nods. That could be arranged, but it would take some time. That's we fine. We do not have any recent arrivals, and most of those who remain here do so for many years. Uh, we would need to gather horses, find uh, willing volunteers. It would be not be until tomorrow morning at the earliest. That's fine. You can offer us safe pass or safe residence here tonight. Maybe some food and some drink because we're hungry and thirsty. He nods. Very well. On one condition. Sure. What? Your friend does not enter my camp. What do you mean he doesn't enter your camp? He's already in the camp. He can stay with the elves for all I care, but he does not enter my tent. He does not enter my wagons. He may come with us, wherever takes you, but he walks. No, that sounds pretty good. Fine. Fine. Then I will see to it. And tomorrow morning, I will see that you have sick passage to Klesk. Thank you. Uh, just to be clear, was did this deal also include us getting a wagon out of it, or just the temporary wagon? Temporary. Oh darn. Wait, we we can already walk to Kresk ourselves. I don't see why what we're actually getting out of this. This is one journey. Amity sort of says to her companions. Uh, Look, they just said they can avoid all of his creatures, and if they have his favor, maybe we get some safety on the way. And we have an army of people who can defend us, or at least a handful. We... hold on. What's our... He kind of... Erythrindir scratches his chin. I don't know about y'all, but I am running low on... cash. Even if we get to Kresk, 
there's no guarantee we're going to be able to afford whatever we need to do to, well, whatever. You think we could push for gold? I can try that. If you guys explain to Metreon the situation. Oh, I'll explain it to him. Maybe I can take care of getting some wages out of this. I can. Um, There's something else. Yeah. Uh, We know that there's some Vistani who serve Strahd and, like, act as spies. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe these people aren't them. But maybe we can ask him if he can, like, call the other Vistani off from spying on us. I... That's a good idea. No. No, it is not. Why not? Because it lets on that we know. That's a good point. They... Listen... The only the only advantages we have right now are information. That means we need to keep it close to the chest. If if they don't know that we know they're spying on us, then they might get sloppy. They might make mistakes. Once they do, they're going to be a lot more careful. Okay, so just gold for right now. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously we're going to have food and stuff tonight, and we can make sure that Matreon gets some as well. Sure. And Kiva, you can do this. You're going to do great. And he's going to pass her a die of bardic inspiration. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alright, so once once this is decided, she'll go back to Luvash and ask if she can talk to him again. Uh, just the two of them this time. Alright, as you break your impromptu group huddle, Luvash watches you cautiously, but doesn't otherwise respond as you approach. Look, I have a feeling that uh, you and I could have an understanding that the other people in my group can't. Perhaps. What is it that you want of me? Two favors. One is for the good of my group, and one is selfish, I might admit. I cannot guarantee that I will grant either one, but you might as well ask. We're going to need money. Anything you might be able to spare. I know this place is brutal for everyone, even those who have somehow gotten his favor. But if we're stuck here, we need to find a way to survive. And perhaps you can help us with that. After all... It isn't really any trouble for you to go through the woods. You guys know how to avoid these things, so you escorting us isn't really out of your wheelhouse. Some additional funds for the safe return of your daughter would be appreciated. He closes his eyes. You have already asked much of me. It is already... A risk to me to be assisting you as much as I am. I will not go further. Is this meddling you ask for? Is this... I had offered you a choice from my... The treasures that my community holds. You chose to ask for another favor. We will give what you have asked for. No more. Is there something I can do to convince you otherwise? He raises an eyebrow. My people, uh, merchants, if you have something to sell, we might buy, but... Beyond that, no. 
Okay, well, we might have something that we can sell or put together, but the second favor, um, could I spend some time with Arabel? I just, um, she's quite a lovely girl and, uh, you know, it would mean a lot to me. Make a persuasion check. Oh god! Oh my god! It's a natural twenty. There you go. <laughs> For, For a total twenty-one. Of... Twenty-one total. Luvash closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and then slowly exhales. When he opens them again, his face is still somewhat stony, but there's a bit of tiredness to his eyes. Well. She does seem to like you somewhat. Perhaps. I must ensure that she is that she is safe and unharmed as she says first, but perhaps this evening if she is open to being more active, I am sure that she would not dislike company. She is quite the show social one. You're more than welcome to join us as well, of course. I Look, I know I'm appreciative of anyone who shows us kindness, even if you lied at first. And Shakes his head. I must stick to my family, and well, you have your own past ahead. Kiva um, is just going to nod and then she'll give him a small little kiss on the cheek, not like in a, you know, like a flirty way, but just like an understanding. She's a mom. Um, and then she'll walk away. He just watches you go for a long, lingering few moments. And then out of the corner of your eye, you see Airball tug on his sleeve and he kneels down to begin speaking softly to her. And then you rejoin the group. All right, yeah, so Kiva will just come back and say, um, it's no luck on the money I, I tried. Um, That's fine. But if we have, he did say that his people are um, merchants, so if we have things to sell, we might be able to get a little bit of something. I mean, I know I've still got those scrolls or whatever, and I've got that staff that I took from that druid lady, so I don't know, maybe we can get a little something. Not a bad point. I've got a... He kind of looks into his bag. Clothes. I sold my longbow in the locky. Kind of need my wand. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'll go tell Matreon. He kind of starts walking down the hill. All right. As you exit the tent, you can see uh, Metron. You said you were going to join Ismark and Irina. Uh, yes. They have been waiting at the bottom of the hill, and they and they greet you. Um, Ismark blinking, uh, and Irina frowning. Did something happen? Is everything all right? Uh, well, we should have listened to you first and foremost. Uh, they tried to uh, 
The whole thing was a scam, a ruse, you know. No way out, no magical potions to get us out of the mists, nothing. Just nothing. Irina frowns, uh, followed by his mark. He just shakes his head, snorts, and crosses his arms, taking occasional glances at the tree line and studiously, uh, occasionally throwing a suspicious glance back up to the top of the hill. But otherwise, they remain quiet. Yeah, After a few minutes, if are you doing anything while you're waiting? Or No, I was just going to say he was going to be in a similar position, just kind of like digging the toe of his boot through the through the mud and the grass and just kind of like looking around and just kind of feeling the same sort of uh, hopelessness as they are. Mm -hmm. Who was heading down to join Metreon? There, Thrindir was. Kiva would follow after a little bit, but let her go. So, uh, Metreon, after a few minutes, you do see Erthrindir making his way down the hill toward you. So what are they going to tell me? Does something flog me too? Nah. They're... They're gonna take. They're gonna take you for the thing passage to Kresk, but you're not to enter the camp. That's it. And already in camp. Oh, you mean a tent? What? Fuck the them. tents. Yeah. Fuck I could. I can see if Casimir will let you stay in his house. He's a reasonable chap. Yeah. Wait, the the one that you was talking to before. Yeah. Yeah, that one. He's a nice man. I'm sure he'd have a spare bed or something. I mean, I, I can make do out here. He seems like a bit of a dour folk. Uh, but uh, listen, uh, it's, you know what? Fuck him. It's fine. You know what? I'll stay out here. You all have your fun. You know, you stony it up. Whatever you want to do, I'll be fine. Great. You do that. He kind of turns to walk away. We'll get you some food. And, uh, Metreon, yeah. one more thing. If you ever try what you did to him on one of us for any reason, I will cut out your fucking throat. Are we clear? <laughs> Crystal, babe. Crystal. Great. Sounds just like him, too. Yeah. Go on, then. He closed his eyes. Don't. Don't fuck in my mind. Don't even think about it. We'll get you food. And he just walks up the hill. Yeah, Metron just sort of watches him go up there, clicking his uh, forked tongue a bit, and uh, very slowly turns back to Ismark and Arena. Sorry about that, you know. Inner party troubles and all that. Well, you know, you should you should head up there with them, you know, get some food, get some wine, get some whatever. They exchange glances. Ismark opens his mouth and then Irina says, You know what? I think I will. Not a bad idea. I'll, I suppose um, I will see you up there later, Metiron? Probably not. Well, perhaps I will see you on the road. Right. She spares you a glance and then a quick glance at Ismark, who is looking like he wants to protest and then just drops his hand helplessly at his side. 
as Sharon's minions making her way up the hill. Yeah, is there a tree anywhere nearby? Like a taller tree? Oh yeah, for sure. There are uh, many tall pine trees bordering the hill. Yeah, Metreon takes a few moments, watches them go up uh, up the hill, kind of looks around, seeing just kind of the spots of different, uh, of uh, different like, I guess, encampments or whatever. Um, and then goes to find a tree and uh, he's going to go ahead and try and climb up, climb up it. All right. It's easy enough. It takes you a few minutes. You're not the most athletic of tieflings, but with some time, you manage to find one with low enough branches that you can kind of clamber up onto and just begin making your way up to the boughs of the canopy. You There's a bit of prickling as some of the uh, uh, pine needles kind of uh, twist and prick against your skin, but you're eventually able to make your way up to a stable enough branch, maybe 15, 20 feet off the ground. Yeah, and uh, he'll stay he'll stay low enough so that he's not like completely concealed or trying to stealth. He's just kind of like trying to get away from people right now. But he wants to kind of keep himself uh, keep himself like within view of uh, the main path. All right, I'd say you're able to do so reasonably easy. All right, is that all you're doing for now? Yeah, uh, I'll wait until someone else comes out uh, if they if they decide to bring me food. Okay. Uh, with that, the rest of you, uh, is there anything, uh, you, Kiva, you said you were looking to make your way down at some point. Uh, what are Amity and Lillison doing? Lillison probably followed behind Erthrendir on the way down um, at a, you know, enough of a distance that um, she wasn't part of the conversation, but uh, ideally could have heard the whole thing. Oh, he was pretty loud on the last bit. That's probably audible. I mean, if Lillison was outside of the tent, I imagine she would have at least heard a glancing bit of the conversation. Yeah, and um, after Metreon climbs his tree, um, she's just watching him climb. Um, then she walks over to like another tree, probably about 30 feet away, uh, just stands with her back to it and uh, just chills. Okay. Uh, at this point, I believe uh, Amity and Kiva, you see Erthrinder beginning to make his way back up the hill toward you. Lillison and Metreon have since exited and descended. He knows. Uh, Amity's going to ask um, Ismark something um, within your sight of, you know, whoever, whoever's Are you around. making your way down the hill to join Ismark? I know what Kiva was thinking, making her down. Are you all just going to exit the tent at this point? Sure, we're in a pretty safe area, yeah. Okay, the, you make your way out, and as you do, you see Irina making her way up. Uh, she blinks. Oh, I, are we all going back down then? Uh, um, I wanted to ask, actually, you might know this too. So I was trying to find out if anyone here knows what made the mist appear in the first place. Do you know if there's anyone who's like old enough, like maybe some other elf, to have seen it appear or... Maybe even the mist around that one house we got stuck in. She frowns. Uh, truth be told, I don't know. Um, I mean, I didn't have any idea that the Dusk Elves were here before we got here. I'd never really been out of uh, the village much. Um, I suppose that, uh, well, Ismark seems to believe that... Um, 
We will find some manner of protection at uh, this abbey in Kresk. I don't know what is there, but I've heard that some abbeys might have libraries or some kind of information. It's a long shot, but who knows? Maybe there might be something they know. All right. Let's let's hope so. Yeah, Kiva had a plan to uh, go see Metreon, and then Irina walked in, and that plan was gone. Um, so um, <laughs> she'll, she'll just uh, smile at Irina and um, and just sort of hold out a hand and say, "Have a drink with me." Irina nods and gives you a small, slightly uncertain smile. All right. And uh, yeah, she's going to go get some wine from some of these. One of these casks that isn't empty. Um, unfortunately, as you ask around, you find that... Let me double check this. Uh, you ask around the encampment for the sake of brevity, and you find that there is no more wine left in the camp. Damn. No! These people really like to party. Um, all right. So, <laughs> um, a little sheepishly, she's like, okay, I guess we're not drinking. Um, I don't know. What else do people do in these situations when there's no alcohol? I don't know. I... I mean, it doesn't seem to be too bad of a day. Maybe we, um, we could just sit on the side of the hill and look at the forest. Yeah, uh, as long as you don't mind the company, of course. Not at all. Um, truth be told, I would... It's it's nice to have someone to talk to right now. Uh, Ismark's been asking a bit, uh, acting a bit strange. Well, why don't we go sit and you can talk to me all about it. All right. And she nods and uh, together the two of you make your way to uh, the side of the hill to uh, take a seat facing the dark woods of the Svalich woods. Um, Lillison is still and Metron are still kind of vibing in the trees or beneath the trees as it were. Yep. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, just sipping away at his wineskin casually, just looking at, uh, at the encampment, seeing if there's anyone else who's kind of coming around Uh I, would I see Lillison from where I'm at? I imagine you could see where she went and like kind of looking through the trees. You can probably catch a glimpse of her um, just because you're not too deep in the woods, but it's not a very clear shot. Okay. Yeah. So then I'll just kind of hang out on a, on a branch. Uh, I'll wrap my tail around it a little bit so I can kind of keep my, my balance. Uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of sipping my wine, being angsty. All right. Beautiful. All right. Um, with that, uh, Erthrandir and Amity, is there anything you're doing? Uh, yeah. Once Erthrandir kind of sees people split off for the hill, he kind of starts to follow Kiva and Irina, and then just kind of stops, chuckles a little, and then goes to find Amity. Uh, yeah, Amity's um, seeing if she can find Arabelle and just lend her her uh, fable book for some light reading. Um. As you make your way back toward the tent, you do find uh, Luvash and Arabelle making their way out of the tent toward one of the wagons. Uh, you do just barely manage to catch them. Um, Luvash frowns. 
What is it? Uh... Oh, um, it's just if um, Arabelle knows how to read, then I imagine um, I was just offering to lend my little book of um, fairy tales. Lavash eyes it uh, slightly suspiciously, uh, but Arabelle happily holds out uh, both of her hands. I am told that I quite enjoy uh, fairy tales and other mystical stories. I would greatly appreciate such a book. Amby hands it over. Y you're told that you greatly appreciate fairy tales. Oh, yes. I also appreciate them, but it has been commented on. And she kind of glances up to Luvash. Father, would you read this to me tonight? She blinks at you a few times, just looking like, what the fuck just happened? And then somewhat awkwardly <laughs> chuckles and places a big hand on his daughter's shoulder. Yes, my duckling, I would be more than glad to uh, read a few of these stories to you. He uh, gives you a lingering glance and then just says, thank you. I presume that I shall uh, return this to you tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, of course. Have fun. He nods, and together they begin making their way toward uh, one of the uh, wagons before vanishing around the other side of the tent. And at this point, uh, Amity, I believe you do see Erythrindir approaching you. Is Yo. there anything that you would like to do? Hey, Amity, what's up? Oh, hey, um... Not much, just uh, lent my book to Arabelle and Livosh for some nighttime reading. How about you? Uh, not much. I was going to see, actually. Uh, once we get dinner and everything, I was going to see if I could use the last few piece of my gold to find a musician or a storyteller around here and see if they'd mind either playing us something. You want to come? Uh, of, of course. Alright. Wait a bit. Yeah. My little heart! Let's go. I love and he kind of like unconsciously grabs her hand. Alright, I think I saw some folks this way. Come on. Alright, where are the two of you going? Uh, where? I think we're... Right, they haven't come back, have they? They're the tent... The Is the camp, like, abandoned? Wait... Which camp? Like the, the the Vistani have most of the Vistani haven't come back, right? I mean, yeah. By this point, it seems to be a little bit more populated, but it doesn't seem to be like like a full center of life at the moment. Okay, then yeah, Arthur is gonna wait a little until like things are a bit more lively, and then once they are, he's gonna see if he can find like a musician or a storyteller and get them to kind of start something. He has been jo he has been jonesing for some music for a long time, and he yeah. All right, uh, we, we will come back to that. Put a pin in that for now, but we will come back to that. Um, Kiva, you and Irene are able to find a quiet place on the side of the hill. Uh, behind you, you can see Erthrandir and Amity kind of making their way back toward the tent. Um, at the base of the hill, you can just faintly see uh, Lillison leaning against one of the trees, and Metreon actually seems to be in one of the trees. Um, but beyond that, the, the side of the hill seems to be quiet. Kiva makes a big show of like taking her cloak off and making a blanket for Irina to sit on and sort of like present this massive, beautiful throne cloak to her. Irina giggles softly. 
that does look more comfortable. Uh, but truth be told, I've um, it's not that muddy. I've always preferred uh, feeling the grass. It's it feels a bit. It it feels like um, it reminds you where you are. You know. Kiba just has to suit yourself and lays down on the cloak and just sort of looks up at the sky. You know, I never really thought that I would find myself outside of Barovia, but my village, that is. Well, other than the <clears throat> horrible nightmare creatures and the vampires attacking the church and being kidnapped, how has your journey been? <laughs> it has been, well, removing all of the horrendously unpleasant parts. Uh, if nothing else, I found some friends. I She purses her lip. I learned some things. It's funny. I've On the one hand, it has been terrifying. On the other hand, I feel like I'm closer than I ever was to finding something that I was looking for but didn't realize. Kiva just looks over at her and the only example I can have of it is a moment from The Office. Um, <laughs> just uh, Michael yes. Scott is looking at Holly at that at the picnic. Like peering through the blind? Oh, yes, gotcha. No, just like the way when they're sitting next mm -hmm. to each other. Um, and then she looks away and just says, um, you got to hold on to those things, the, the positives. You know, I have been on the run for so long that I sort of forgot what it felt like to stop. It's kind of nice, actually. <laughs> it's strange. I'm not sure how to feel. I'm... On the one hand, it's not like any of us are really uh, at peace here. Um, but on the other hand, it's nice to be able to take a moment to breathe. We'll hope that nothing happens tonight, that we all survive to see the morning, and then we'll be off somewhere else. I just wish uh, that I... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, nothing. I just wanted to say that I wish that I... I wish that it did not have to be this way. I know that you said that you've been so used to running, but... It would be nice, I think, to... Just be able to sit on a hill and... You know, not have to worry about what comes next. Look, I... Will happily stay here... With you... For as long as you want, so. <laughs> and look, I. I hope um I just I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Obviously, um. I respect what you said and how you feel, and. So if I'm if I'm ever um making no you no you're you're not it you're not uh, actually I had a question I wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Forgive me if it's a bit too um, forward, but... And you can say that you're not sure if you're not sure, but... 
if you could have no that's not the right question I know that I said that it feels like I'm looking for something and well there have been some things that we both found out that I wasn't entirely expecting but I know that I'm not the only person in the world so if you know what are you looking for Kiva what do you want to find oh um <laughs> I mean it, it's weird I know, just know that the way that my father always said was that life is like a road and you never know what's at the other end but and there are branches and forks but you can find something waiting for you and I'm just I was just curious Kiva <clears throat> um, looks like she's going to say something and then stops herself. Um, I don't know. I thought at one point I was looking for uh, a home and um, a family and love and then death. I'm looking for a way out of here. Uh, I wasn't expecting to find some of the things I'd found along the way. Um, I, I don't really know. I think, um, I'm not sure if I'm one of those people that's meant to find a purpose, if that makes any sense. She looks thoughtful for a moment. Hmm. Well, maybe there is not a purpose you're meant to find. Maybe you get to make one. No one, no one ever told me what the rules are, so you know what? Those are the rules. You get to make your own purpose. Finding one. That, that, that's... Who needs that? So that's what I was trying to tell you. You know, we just gotta... <laughs> I don't know. If you could do anything in the world right now, what would you do? Oh, that's a really tough question. <laughs> oh, anything right now. It's funny, I... Growing up, I thought that the thing I wanted most was to see my mother again. And I still do. Um, I loved her um, for whatever time that I had her. Not that I remember it well. Um, if I could have anything right now... I mean... If I could have anything and I, what that I wanted right now, and she closes her eyes. I suppose I told you that Ismark was acting strange, right? 
Right. I wasn't sure at first. Um, it started after um, we uh, met up again at the inn after you rescued me. Um, and I, I haven't been sure. Um, he seemed a bit distant. He's felt hesitant and my brother has never been hesitant he's I mean he's been he's been smart he's been wary but he's never been stuck in place and I've been thinking about it and ever since the lake I think I know why he's scared not not for him but for me and I'm so appreciative of that and, and I love him I just I just if I could have anything I would want him to stop having to worry about me because I know he worries I know he worries so much and if I could do anything to lift whatever burden he thinks he has to bear I don't know if if I could, then I don't know what that would look like. Well, my first thought is I need to teach you how to be a lot more selfish. And my second thought is, look, I can't imagine that there is not a single person on this earth who would not worry about you the moment they met you. Not because you're weak or in need of saving, but... There's something about you, Irina. Something that is worth fighting for. <laughs> you're, um... <laughs> I'm not sure what to say to that, but... Thank you. I guess if there is one thing that I could say is that... Well, I don't know if it's by choice, but, and I know you said that you weren't sure what you were looking for, but it seems you've also found other things to fight for. And she kind of uh, turns and uh, scans the tree line. You see her gaze kind of rest on Metra and, and uh, Lillison. And for a moment, you recall seeing Erther and Deer and Amity, and you kind of glance back, like, where are they? And at that point, you hear the sound of two voices rising in song from the barrel-topped wagons behind you. As Erthrindy and Amity successfully locate a pair of Vistani, one with a uh, strange, lengthy uh, carved horn that appears to be right of some kind of bone, the other one uh, bearing a large uh, lyre. And together, as the sound of the music from the Vistani camp begins to wind through the air, the sound of Amity and Erthrandir's voices rising in song. Irina glances back toward them, smiling, and says, I think you found uh, some other things to protect as well. Kiva, um, Kiva gives them a look, but it just, she comes right back to Irina and, um, says yeah you're right um 
I'm lucky that um, I have people that I can rely on. For sure. And she just kind of sits back and kind of curls the grass and earth through her fingers and looks over at the dark trees and the forest line. <laughs> and she just sighs and watches the wind rustle through the tree branches for a moment. And for that moment, it seems to be enough for her. Oh, man. Kiva's fucking heart has just shattered into pieces. Uh, yeah, she'll just sort of um, sit silently for as long as she can possibly bear it. Um, After a few moments, she does say, just staring toward the trees, Kiva? Yes, Irina. She glances toward you. You're a good person, all right? Never let anyone tell you otherwise. I haven't ever believed someone when they've said that, but... but I could try for what you. What I mean is... <laughs> I don't think you need to try. I think you've already proved it. Many times over. Alright, well, um, I should go before I do something I will regret. Um, look. And yes? yes? No, no you, I was going to make a bad joke. Uh, you first. Look, I'm going to say this one more time and then I'm never going to say it again. I think you are the most beautiful person I've ever known and I would never force you obviously but if you change your mind and look I'll always wait for you and it would be an honor to be by your side for as long as you'll have me and then she's just gonna leave. She can't. She doesn't Irina want to get a response. Stands and instantly grabs your shoulder. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. And as she does, she hugs you from behind, not intimately, but carefully and with warmth, and just says quietly, "I, I know that you would never do anything to hurt me, and." I can't change who I am, Kiva. And I know that you can't change what you are either. And I know you respect that, and I respect that about you. But I know that I can't be what you're looking for, but I know that you'll find someone who is. Okay? So please, I know that there's something at the end of your road, 
And if there isn't, you'll put it there. Your optimism is infectious. <laughs> Irina just uncertainly steps away. I think that you need maybe, uh, well, you told me to be more selfish, so I guess I get to tell you to be more optimistic. She just gives Irina a very sad smile and, uh, and squeezes her arm a little bit. And then uh, she's going to go try to find Arabelle and, uh, and leave that conversation where it was. Irina watches you go and doesn't say anything more to stop you. And after a few moments, she you hear her sit back down on the grass again. Okay, and Kiva, you were going to find who? Arabelle? Yeah, she's going to go find the baby. <laughs> All right. Um, asking around, you do get some occasional uh, glances. And as you do, you make your way past what seems to be a, a small group of um, Vistani that have gathered um, off to one side of the tent uh, between several of the wagons. Um, and Erthrandir and Amity, what kind of music uh, arrangement have you uh, put together? Erthrandir was... Uh, hmm. Erthrandir kind of consults with Amity on this, but he was looking for something upbeat and lively. Like, some with... I mean, of course he'll help, but he was looking more to, like, pay them to play it, not necessarily join in himself. Ah, uh, gotcha. My apologies for assuming. Um, no, in that case, you do find uh, Vasani who are happy to play. Um, they don't seem to uh, require payment uh, Arabelle's return, right? there is alright, they will happily accept uh, whatever you're willing to give, but uh, given Arabelle's return, there does seem to be an atmosphere of uh, joy and celebration throughout the camp alright and yeah, once the mu music starts Arabelle just kind of turns to Amity Haman hmm, they got some good instruments for this one don't they? uh-huh I... I do like um, the the upbeat mixed with the is it, are those like pan pipes or flute? I don't even know what kind of wind instrument that is. I couldn't tell a clarinet from a bassoon. I cannot help you. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I do like it. And on that front, he kind of steps back and very formally and ostentatiously bows, extending a hand. Might I ask you if you'd like to dance? Ah, oh, well, if you put it like that, Amity uh, sort of bows uh, and takes his hand. All right. He he kind he squeezes it, grinning. All right. You ever dance much before? Um, not actually that much. No. Uh, I'm probably going to step on your feet a lot. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I uh, you cannot. You'll be fine. Dance, it does not matter. It's about the emotion you put into it, trust me. Just uh, have a good time. That's the bit that matters. Technique is for lamers. You are not lame. 
yeah, he kind of pulls her in and I suppose dances. All right. And there right. is indeed a festive uh, sound to the instrumentation as the several of the Vasani join and clap and join in songs of their own. Some others taking up instruments and joining those that were already playing. Um, Amity, if you'd like to dance, you may. Oh yeah, Amity's gonna go for some really energetic stuff where she gets to spin around a bunch. I don't know if this jives at all with the moves that Erythrindir is doing. Erythrindir looked like he was going in for something like complex, but the moment she, he saw Amity just sort of start to go for it, he just starts laughing to himself, like pulls his hair back and joins her. Swing your partner round, round and round. <laughs> oh god, don't. You're bringing back memories. <laughs> Akiva, as you make your way back toward the uh, cir- circle, you do see Erythrindir and Amity uh, dancing and having, it seems to be a great time as the uh, Vasani around uh, gather and join and uh, engage each other in conversation. Um, toward the back of the group, you do see uh, Luvash with Arabelle on his shoulders. Um, she seems to be watching the, the crowd and the musicians with uh, some enjoyment and interest. Yeah, she would just sort of go and, uh, and stand with um, Luvash and Arabelle. Just stick close to them for the night. All right. Earth and Deer would try and invite her, but kind of once he saw her facial expression, he just, nah, nah, that that's not a dancing mood. As you look up at them, you see that Arabelle seems to be uh, clutching something close to her chest. And on closer inspection, you see that it you recognize it as Amity's book of fables and fairy tales. Aww. Aww. <laughs> you mentioned that at some point we should go and get um, drinks and, right. and dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kind of does seems reluctant to slow down, but he does. He bows to her. Oh, no, we again. don't have to stop now. Oh. Um, but, I mean, did you, did you want this to be that? To be what? <laughs> Maybe I, I totally misread the situation. Um, but I sort of one quarter thought you might be, well, this being some kind of. Amity blushes too hard. Erythrindir kind of like looks at her for a long moment and then realization hits. Oh. 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 I. Um. Uh, <laughs> well. Uh, no, no, it's, it's fine. It, it can be. It doesn't have to be anything. No, no, you don't. You, it's not that I don't want it to be. I just didn't know. I didn't want to assume. And also there's a whole bundle of complications that I can't even start to bring in. We're just stuck in a. Right. Hellscape. No, you, a... you have you have a you're, you're sending stone. A what? A mural? God, no, no, we're not a that. We, I mean, we might, we might have been at one point, but it, nah, nah, not, not even. Uh, but he kind of like stops looking at her seriously for a moment. Ah, uh, look, there. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you up front then. I don't want to make promises. I don't, I, I don't know what we're walking into. And also I've been alone for a very long time. And so I don't know if I'm feeling something real or just 
the result of me finding someone who's gorgeous and fun to be around and <gasps> just beautiful. But I, and I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm gonna know. But I, I'd like to uh, try this, whatever it is, if you don't. Alright, <laughs> Let, let's try it. And, I mean, whether whether this is a, a, a date or something else, yeah. I mean, let's just have fun and be... I, w I was told the most important thing is that we should be open and, and really honest with each other, and then, you know, whatever we want to call it, we can we can call it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Erythendir looks immensely relieved. Yeah, I don't... I just didn't want to... Uh, <laughs> he kind of blushes. Elves are... Well, I, at least. Uh, we're all very about long-term commitment, so I didn't want to, like, promise you the world, although I'd like to, but the... He, and then he just realizes what he said. Wanna go get dinner? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it'll turn into something. Let's get dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. And he just kind of... walks towards the tent. Ramming it, ramming into the walls of one of the tent poles before adjusting himself, and then going into going the different direction. Okay, and so Kiva or uh, Deer and Amity make their way to go rustle up some grub, uh, which you are able to obtain rather easily, especially given your prior conversation with Lubash. Um, Kiva, um, is there anything else you're looking to do at the moment? No, she's just hanging out with with the squad of a father and daughter. <laughs> gotcha. Luvash does eye you a bit skeptically, but Arabelle seems content to enjoy your company and occasionally kind of like points out like small observations to you. Um, and overall, it, it seems to be a, a comfortable vibe. Um, with that, uh, the afternoon does begin to turn to evening beginning uh, as dusk begins to approach and nightfall grows nearer. Is there anything more any of you would like to do uh, this afternoon or yes. late in the day? Erythrindir at some point after the dancing would let, will remember that he promised to bring the three of them grub and kind of says to Amity, hey, uh, you want to go grab show? We should probably get food for the others, shouldn't we? Oh, well, we should get food for the others. Um, I mean, so I was I was assuming that we might want to have. How, how do elven dates work? <laughs> so I was imagining that we would just be eating food. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, no, of course, but we bring them food so that we can go have our right, food. We'll, we'll we'll bring them food, and then uh, do that. And, and, and elven we'll dates say, work a wide variety of ways. <laughs> And then we'll say, we, we now we've got to get some for ourselves because we could only carry this much for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't think we need like an excuse, but yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Good plan. Erythrindir's like kind of got a far away look in his eyes. He's obviously like a little giggly. All right, and I guess with that, I'll grab some food and head down to the hill to cut to. Metrion and Lillison. Yeah, was all of this in view of Lillison and Metrion? 
Um, There's no way say. that most of it was, right? Amity and Erythrindir's oh. uh, situation would not be. By now, Kiva's long since vanished from view. Um, Irina's just been kind of sitting and vibing on the side of the hill. Um, Ismark has just been like... You saw him was kind of like standing at the base of the path for a little while, and then just kind of withdrew to the base of one of the trees, like occasionally glancing up at Irina on the hill, glancing back at the road, uh, keeping a hand on his sword, and just kind of looking very uncertain. Um, and at some point, you do see Erythrindir and Amity coming down the hill with what seems to be food. Hey guys! How are y'all doing? Where's, uh, where's the other one? Uh, and and uh, you can hear in his voice that he's a bit slurred now. Uh, can Erythrindir see Lillison? Lillison is not hiding. She is uh, sitting at a base at the base of a tree not far away with uh, her book open in her lap. Um, if the music was audible from here, she would have been looking up every so often towards the camp and smiling. About 50 feet away from you. But yeah, uh, we've got you some food if you want to come down. Yeah, Metreon starts to kind of uh, unwrap his tail and uh, tries to slide down um, as gracefully as, he, gracefully as he can, but he just sort of like hugs the trunk and sort of skitters down a few inches before just kind of like stumbling and falling onto his feet under the ground. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Fuck it. All right. What's this? Uh, what is this, DM? The food that you've obtained... Um, it seems to be um, some bits of roasted rabbit uh, spiced with some assorted herbs and what you think is pepper. Um, there are also a number of uh, um, other items, uh, what seem to be some uh, dried fruits and some vegetables uh, that have just been kind of either perhaps foraged or um, you see some root vegetables that have been kind of, you know, uh, stewed and mixed in with the rest. It's a reasonably hearty meal, actually. Uh, they got pepper. They're fancy. Looks yep. decent. Metreon just takes up some of the meat with his hand and just kind of like scoops it off the off the tray. He just kind of like starts to chew on it very, uh, very haphazardly. Erythrodeer's kind of glow sort of fades for a moment. He looks at him. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, are you okay? You look, I mean, I know you're drunk, but like, even so. What, what do you mean? You just never mind. Just no, 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 no. Speak your piece. You never have a problem that before. So say it. Accurate. I just you seem. I mean, perhaps understandably upset, given that we just found out we're not going to be able to get out of here. But is there? I, I don't know. Is there anything else? You are quite perceptive. You know that. You know, for someone who said about speaking their piece, and you are very good at saying things you don't mean. Oh, uh, uh, did I not mean that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was being sincere. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't a nice kind of sincere. Or forget it. Listen, if you want, like, some time to kind of food and music and people. I know 
that dancing I'm, always helps me forget I things. I know where I'm welcome, and I know where I'm not welcome. So I'm good out here. You go have your fun now. Okay? I was going to say that I would be happy to make you invisible so you could have an hour where you're not welcome, if that would help you. Mitron sort of pauses for a moment, and... What's his, What's your perception, or insight, rather? Uh, insight is... Passive insight is 10, plus zero. Okay. So you, you would kind of see a little bit of a shift in his demeanor. Uh, not much, but it's, a, it's like a brief flash of him, like... This sort of, like, does not compute. Uh, something seems uh, disconnected for a moment, but he kind of uh, writes himself. No, no, um... No, I'm, I'm fine. Really, just do your thing. All right. He nods. And he walks away, but as he does... Hey, listen. Yeah? You're a piece of shit, but you know, you you, you keep your word. It's more than I can say for most of you. Erthrandir <laughs> looks, like, affronted for a moment, and then kind of gears start turning, and he smiles. Likewise. You're an asshole, but you, you have stuck by me, and, well the immense pile of god-awful we've been dumped in. Thanks. And as he turns to leave, he can hear, Metreon can hear a murmur and incantation, and a swirl of mist goes up around Metreon's body, and then he's invisible. In case you change your mind. Oh, damn, I was gonna have Kiva go down and chill with Metreon. <laughs> Never mind. It's just gone. And yeah, he's gonna walk over to Lillison, I suppose. Lillison glances up and uh, quickly turns the page that she had been writing on. <laughs> Could Darth and Deer catch any of what was on it? That's a good question. Um... Roll for initiative. <laughs> uh, DM, is that a roll or? Uh, is Arthur and Deer approaching quietly or just uh, making his way over to Lillison? I mean, reasonably quietly. He's not like stealthy. He can stealth check. Lillison, you hear him when he's around 10 feet away. Yeah, she's she's going to very quickly flip the page. Oh, oh, sorry. Am I interrupting some? No, not at all. Yeah. Hey, uh, brought you some food. Kind of places oh. the rabbit down. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. It seems like uh, quite the festival mood has seized the whole camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns out you... Sometimes all you gotta do is to ask people to have fun, and they'll do it. It's a good skill to have. But, yeah, you're... <laughs> I mean, I understand if you don't want to get up there and start whirling and dancing or whatever, but you're welcome to join us. She just smiles a little, um... But, you know, you can tell that it's not really felt. That's, um, that's not really the sort of place where I belong, but thank you. Well, it's not where I belong either, but I'm sure, I'm sure up there and they don't seem to, and nobody's called me out on it yet. Well, but you have that sort of adventurous spirit, don't you? Erthrandir <laughs> kind of like cocks his head at her and then he just starts laughing. Like, not in a cruel way, but, like, very obviously, just that, for whatever reason, this is hilariously funny. At And he kind of looks back at the camp for a moment, looking wistful. Oh, she can wait ten minutes. 
and he sits down next to her. Hey, Lillison, I... Do you want to know what the most adventurous thing I've done in the past 45 years before coming to Barovia is? What is that? I built an extension for my cabin. I didn't know how to woodwork, but it got cold and I wanted a place I could fit an indoor stove. That is the extent of my bright, adventurous spirit in the past 50 years or so. I'm... I know it may seem like that I, you know, I like all the music and dancing and the extroversion and that I'm always trying to kind of do that, but it's not... It's not something that comes naturally. It's just something I like. I like people. I like talking to them. I like learning about them, and I like taking care of folks, but it's not like it just kind of... <sighs> Let me just say that, for me at least, it's not that I'm like uniquely situated to be that way, but this is the first time I've had the circumstance. And I maybe... I don't know you. I, I really don't, but... Sometimes people who think that they haven't, they don't like that kind of life, that kind of energy, just haven't had the chance. And I didn't know if that was you. She looks down um, at the plate of food and uh, brings out her mess kit as she listens and then uh, looks up and says, well, I would say that building that extension of your cabin itself is was probably quite the adventure, um, especially if you had absolutely no help. I'm sure there are many hair-raising stories you could tell about various parts of its construction. <laughs> Not really, no. No, uh... Near accidents at all? Nothing exciting. Well, perhaps that's a blessing in of itself. I suppose. But, yeah. You... Yeah, just... If, if you want to, we're... We're up there, alright? I know. It's, um... I've... I don't... Really? And then she just stops and she looks at her hand with um, a sort of disturbed expression. Is it the hand with the gem on it? Um, yeah, probably. Ah. Uh, he swallows. <sighs> okay. But, uh, Okay. I, uh... I still think that, uh... Even with stuff that, uh, can happen with people who are dangerous for one reason or another, I still think they deserve a chance to have a little bit of sunshine.
she looks up, and uh, her expression is uh, very solemn now. Erthrinder, what did you do to that man in the boat? Erthrinder sighs. I used a spell I haven't that I want to forget. It's called fear. It is essentially drawing upon the caster's own emotions and memories of terror and projecting them onto other people. I gave that fisherman the worst fear I've ever felt to get him to get out of the boat. Why? He opens his mouth as if he's to have a quick response and then stops. I was... I was angry. And I was scared and I thought that that we might need the boat to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on the girl. And... And I'd been thinking ever since the church that... <laughs> there's not much point in all those illusions and such anymore now is it if we're gonna be hunted down and killed and if we're being harried by forces vastly more powerful than us then then maybe then maybe cleverness and illusions and good positioning and tactics aren't gonna matter unless I can unless I can draw on stuff like this I can forget trying to trying to be the best bard I can be and use story for and just accept that I might have to hurt some people you think that the only way we can keep our footing against a monster is to become monsters <laughs> he, he, he looks at her a bit like don't I I know I am being absolutely serious. He shakes his head. No, I don't. But I guess with my magic at least, I I, I didn't use it before this, like almost never. Because I didn't see much ways to use it that didn't either manipulate people in a way that wasn't fair or right or caused them pain. And I still believe that, but I guess I'm... I guess I don't see the point in holding back from causing pain anymore from people who are going to hurt us or going to hurt folks like you. I, I don't like it. I really don't like it. Like, there's a re- I have never cast that spell before today. But I- It just felt right, I guess. Erthrinder, all the rules change when you go to war. You know that as well as I do. He looks at her sharply. They do. But there can be limits. There have to be limits. 
and not just ones that mean you're not firing at folks wearing your colors. I'm but I'm still figuring that out. She smiles a little bit again. Um, it seems like a bit of a wry smile this time. Yep. Well, perhaps there are some situations where good tactics won't save you, but in every single situation, bad tactics will destroy you, so. He laughs. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't give up on the value of cleverness just yet. All right. I'll do my best. And, uh, he kind of looks like he's searching for another platitude, but just take care of yourself, all right? Wartime doesn't mean that the good things stop. It just means they're twisted a little. I know. I know, you know. I don't mean to talk down to you. I'm sorry. It's... It's all right. You, do you think... Never mind. Um, no, no, seriously. You're, there is nothing you could say right now that could offend me. And not just because I am... Not just because we're safe. Do you think Metreon will be all right? Not particularly. He's had his last escape route cut off. And, you know, people who are trapped in a corner tend to lash out before they do anything else. Yes, I have rather noticed that, um... <laughs> you don't say! <laughs> it's strange. It seems like... Well, I haven't really seen it of Amity so far, but... It seems like everybody else tends to take very drastic actions in anger. I know, right? Like, it's... Ah, that includes me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's accurate. It's... It, it's stupid. It's just, you know, old kick the dog theory learned about in university. When you have no locus of control, you take it out on what you can which, unfortunately, are usually people who are closest to you. What a strange concept. Yeah. I, I don't buy all of it, honestly. I think there's folks who get away with taking out their anger on strangers because they kind of keep their private lives very close and very safe, but... I think we're all just tired. Well, perhaps tonight we'll do something to remedy that. I hope so. Take care, Lillison. I will. He nods at her and walks back up the hill. Okay. Lillison is going to start eating. All right, the food is a bit colder than when it was first arrived, but it is still delicious. 
as Amity walks up the hill with Deer, she takes a look back at Lillison to make sure that she's actually eating food. Lillison is, is absolutely eating this food. Cool. Sorry I took a long time. I just... I worry about them all sometimes. Um, the conversation that Deer just had with Lillison, was that especially private, or would Amity have been, like, uh, party to that? Earthwinder wasn't trying to keep his voice down, but he also wasn't, like, inviting it. Right. No, it, the, that stuff that I have to think about, too. I just... <laughs> it's a lot easier to, to not think about it yet. Mm, he kind of... What do you mean? I, I don't want to ruin the mood. I mean, you were talking about things that, you know horrible depths to which you might have to go in order to win. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, uh, I'm sorry. I don't, that, that does right. No, 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 no. Don't, don't apologize. It's, it's important to think about. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess we, we're probably gonna have to do more things where this, neither of us especially are fond of. Amity sticks her tongue out. Blech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blech. But I, I think we can live with that. I mean, maybe a little bit at least. Uh, here, Truffle, you, you go back and stay with the others. Um, <laughs> Amity's going to send him back. He just, happily just snorts and want. begins waddling down the dark hill towards the listening. All right. Just in uh, case we want a little more privacy. Uh, Earthrendeer kind of like... I, I mean, oh, not not that much privacy. Oh. I oh, mean, oh. I don't... I, I'm not... You're not... Okay, I'm... <clears throat> I'm not going to have sex with you now. That's not what I'm trying to imply. Oh. Oh. Deer just kind of, like, stares forward for a moment. Not, also not, uh, what I Good. All right, get, <laughs> glad, glad that's out of the way. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't mean, first, first date, you know, we've known each other for a week. We can take things at our own pace. But, uh, uh yeah, no, that's fine, of course. Right, I, I should have, um, imagined that elves probably take things that are very, very, I, I mean, you, you probably go to date 200 before you... No, I sorry, I shouldn't I shouldn't make Earth, inferences like that. It might be Earthrendeer says very quietly, I mean, not particularly. I mean, some folks do, but I've uh, I uh, I mean, I haven't dated much. I'm going to be real with you. Only had really a one boy I knew when I was young and then one long-term boyfriend, but uh not yeah, um, uh it, it it's not something I'm too shy about, really. Are you, are you, like, definitely bisexual? Oh, oh, that's what you... Yeah, no, boys and girls, yeah. Uh, cool. Mm, what about you? Well, I guess I've only really, you know, been with um, boys before. I'd, I'd be willing to try it out the other way. Nah, I mean, if, if it's something you enjoy, it's kind of... How I've always thought about it is it, it's not a 
checkbox to tick off. It's something that should make you happy. So, uh, I'm doing pretty well on that front right now. I don't really know what I would... I mean... <laughs> Alright, I, maybe maybe I don't want to get in too lurid right now. Hmm. But I guess I guess I'm really not entirely sure. Yeah, no, I, uh... That, I've never been with a girl, so, uh... I, I'll need you to... We'll, we'll take our time. Figure things out. But, you know, we've got... We've got time, I think. I really hope. Right. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, uh... I mean, especially after we get out of this place. Earthendir's face kind of breaks for a moment. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. Alright, the fuck the... We have a nice night, and there's still a few hours of music left, and I have a very beautiful woman who is Aww. willing to... <laughs> Shall we go have a kneel? And I have a very... Hen- uh, a very... <clears throat> a very handsome elf who doesn't appreciate that the scar just makes him look more heroic. <laughs> oh, bullshit! It, you, you you don't mean that. You're buttering me up. <laughs> Maybe it's just rose-colored uh, pupils, but... <sighs> Alright, miss. He kind of offers her a hand again. Shall we? Amity takes his hand. Um, and yeah... Date. Yes. Okay, so while this uh, secondingly adorable uh, first date occurs, what mischief is uh, Invisimetrion wreaking elsewhere? So, uh, Metrion sort of like lets him uh, go off wherever he wants to. Uh, But he kind of just stays in place for a few moments, sort of looking at where his hand should be, but not seeing it. Uh, still feeling the chicken, but it's invisible. Uh, and he's actually going to go ahead and very slowly and carefully start to kind of look around the encampment uh, until he finds like a sort of like uh, one of the fires, maybe that uh, like a small Vistani family is sitting at and uh, sitting far enough away from them uh, on like a, a log or something. He sits opposite of this family and just kind of watches them and watches the fire go. Um, for about like 45 minutes. Uh, and then we, when he realizes that the spell is starting to kind of wane, he'll, uh, he'll stop watching and he'll get up and carefully go back towards the woods, sort of in the same area, but maybe not the same tree. Uh, and he'll just sit at the base and let the mist of invisibility kind of waft off him. Uh, and as it does, he's just kind of sitting there. Uh, the chicken has been eaten, but he still has his wineskin in his hand. He's sort of just sitting there very uh, pensively. All right. Um, And so is there anything else that anyone would like to do uh, this evening? As night has come, the forest is quiet around you. The trees Uh, do rustle occasionally on the night air, but as the Vistani's... the encampment begins to quiet down and you see others beginning to return from the woods. Um, 
your belly's full, your feet tired, but your heart's for the moment calm. Is there anything more you'd like to do? Kiva would just, um, before Arabelle went to bed, would just sort of spend spend some time with her and and uh, and really just sort of, you know, she sort of lets herself get a little bit lost in the in the fantasy a little bit. Um, and it's hard for her to say goodbye uh, when it's time for her to go to bed. Um, As you're with Arabelle, um, Luvash seems to be tolerating your presence outside of the wagon for the moment. You've actually kind of set up a in, uh, part of the tent that is um, or just uh, alongside the edge of the wagon. Um, Luvash seemingly reluctant to let you inside, but Arabelle happy to kind of lean against the wheel um, rather eager to be read to by multiple people. And as she reaches the end of one of the stories in the book, um, she glances up at you and her eyes are kind of, you know, fiery and very determined. And she says, I'm going to be as important as a hero one day. I know it. I am absolutely certain you will be. You're already well on your way to being the bravest girl that I know, certainly. And you have such a lovely family. And a good family is a good support for a young fighter like you. She smiles and nods. Glancing up at the sky. But I think for now it is my bedtime. But thank you for reading with me. Well, thank you for having me, my dear. It was an absolute pleasure. You are excellent company. She nods and stands up and kind of attempts this uh, very small, uh, slightly clumsy curtsy. Thank you for your company as well. I hope you have a good evening. Kiva returns the curtsy in a much more, um, you know, uh, womanly, very sophisticated way. Um, and then gives a nod and gives a little, like, half wave to Luvash. Um, and then would leave them to their night rituals. All right. The last thing you see is Arabelle uh, clambering into the wagon ahead of Luvash, who glances back after you and just considers you for a moment before entering the wagon after his daughter and shutting the door. Um, and then Kiva would, um, she's actually not going to stay in the, in the camp tonight. She's going to go see if she can find Metreon. Okay. Um, by this point, I would imagine that uh, Metreon's spell has expired. Yeah. Um, and you likely can catch sight of him just slowly making his way um, from the base of the hill toward the tree line. Okay. Um, yeah, so she would just go over there and, you know, uh, she's going to set up with him, but I don't know if we're going to take a break or not. All good. Is there anything you and Metron would like to do? She would just make sure that, like, you know, he's okay with her being there, and she would just ask to stay the night with him uh, if he'd have her. Yeah, yeah, you could, uh, you could stay here. It's a free forest, right? Well, sort of. Well, I, I'm thankful for the company, so, uh, thank you. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What are we doing here? Irene asked me what my purpose is, if you can believe that. <laughs> I, I told her I don't think I have one. And it feels like I'm never going to understand why I'm here. I just want to go so badly. <laughs> yeah, I get that. When I did that, uh, that thing to Luvash, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do anything. You know, I was just, it's just like this feeling came over me, you know, this, this anger. I don't blame you. I mean, fuck. If you hadn't gotten angry, then I probably would have, and it didn't really end well for some people last time, so I'm glad it didn't turn into a bloodbath there. I just, just want to get out of here. You know, I just... I'm, I'm sick of all this. I'm sick of... There's nothing against you all. I'm just I'm so tired. If he'll let her, Kiva will just sort of um, lay down her head in his lap. And he would probably feel her shoulders shake a little bit. She's crying. Yeah, Metron will let her kind of uh, place her head down. Um, not really reacting to it as much as just sort of staring off. Uh, I, I imagine he went somewhere further away from Lillison, so it feels a bit more private. Um, but maybe, maybe Irina's right. You know, maybe, maybe you do need, maybe you do need something other than this. But I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have a purpose. You know, I just my purpose is to get the fuck out of here. Look, I promise you this right now. If I find a way, I'll take you with me. I just wanted to work in my friend's stupid fucking shop. <laughs> Selling tinctures and potions to people in Neverwinter. I didn't want any of this. I didn't want... I didn't really even want to be a mom. <laughs> it just happened and I was so grateful. And I certainly didn't want to come here. I can't find anything to be grateful of or for. You know how, how I've been saying, you know, this is this is some place we came to because we were spared. We was we did sins and stuff. That uh You remember that big satchel I was I was carrying around that that big long thing? Ah, uh, your banner and stuff, right? Yeah, and uh, the car uh, that I had when when we was camped out before this, uh, they didn't belong to me. I thought you were a magician or whatever, a chanter. 
Uh, not as such. I mean, I, I can do magic, you know, but I can't. I can't. I've, I was. I don't know what I was doing really. I, I was just hoping I could get by, get to Neverwinter, just get get out of there. My name isn't Metreon. I mean, I'm not Metreon. Kiva doesn't lift her head out of his lap, but she does sort of position herself to look up at him and just says, Who are you? Uh, that car and that banner belong to uh, a trick of mine. And, uh, it's just some some nice old old man. Some he was a performer. He he did magic. Uh, he was performing at this bar, and you know, was, he wanted to spend his coin on something nice. And I was there, but I uh, and it was only a matter of time before they found me, and uh, I couldn't stay. And I knew that you know he has a card, and he's got something I could do, I could work with. So. I took the cart. I took. Uh, I took his banner and, and things when he was sleeping. You know, took the gold that he gave me, and uh, I ran. I got out. Okay. I mean, look, I'm gonna be the last person to judge you for that. Can I ask your name then? Your real name? Uh, well, my <laughs> my given name is Punch. How very fitting. I don't like it much. Well, look, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. Erthmendir the other night said something about us being friends, all of us, and, and I didn't really buy that. I don't have friends. Yeah, neither, neither do I. And uh, You know, misery loves company and uh, all that, but... I still can't get... I still can't feel get the feeling out of me that that we're paying for something that I'm paying for something and and from whatever I've, I've heard of you and, and even Randy uh, I feel that this is just punishment for something that I can't help but not feel that way I don't want any of this I don't want to be punched I didn't want to be I honestly didn't want to be Metron it was just a means to an end you know I had to get out you know when I got to Neverwinter I could be someone else and uh, I don't know. You still can be whatever you want here. You know, I know it doesn't seem like it. But if I've learned anything from this place, it's that it's going to change us. Whether or not we want it to. I can do stuff here that I've never been able to do before. So can I've, I. 
And I can't help but feel that if this was a punishment, then I wouldn't be getting stronger. You know? Or if it is... I'm not getting stronger. I fucking killed a man. And and something's happening to my body. Something's happening to me. Something something cold and dark and uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. Hold on one moment. I have an idea. Um, Kifa is going to take Metreon's hand. And she's going to use her divine sense on Metreon. All right. And she's going to try to see if what he's talking about, that dark, cold thing, if she can register that uh, on him. All right, there's a moment of quiet and then you inhale deeply and your eyes glimmer with a Viridian Fae glow for a moment. And you look around. It's just Metreon. Look, um, I'm getting nothing evil from you, nothing bad or dark. And I don't think whatever this is, you know, would lie to me, necessarily. So, as far as I know, you're Metreon. You're a bit of a jackass, but I find myself incredibly charmed and I think in another life I could have been your friend that's all I see and that's all I can sense thanks Uh, I appreciate that Uh, I've never been much for friends you know it's uh just keep running, you know. Uh, never really my roots, you know. I mean, when I told you I didn't have a birthday, it's because I never got to count the years, you know. Well, um, I suppose it's silly to ask how old you feel, because in this place I feel like I have been living for 6,000 years. I know, it feels like I've been here for months and it's just been seven days, <laughs> you know, ten days. I don't know how time. It feels like I've been here for so long, though. Well, look, like I said, if I find a way to get out of here, I'll take you with me. And we can both start that new life. Be whatever we want to be. If it's true, if, it's, if the only way of getting out of here is to... And uh, Metron sort of does the slit throat motion with his fingers across his neck. You know who? How are we going to do that? Someone here has to know something. He can't... I mean... 
everyone has a weakness. Even if it's hard to find, even if it's buried deep somewhere. The good thing about elves is that we live a very long time. I've got nothing to lose. I could spend a hundred or so years trying to kill the motherfucker. Who knows? Well, with all due respect, I don't have that kind of time. Well, we've at least wrangled safe passage to our next destination. Maybe this abbey has some answers. At the very least, it'll bring us, I don't know, someplace safe. When you mention the abbey, uh, you kind of feel him kind of uh, shudder a bit. Yeah, the abbey. Uh, just when you said that, I got flashes of the of Falaki uh, that night. Look, that guy Lucian seems like a straight shooter. And he also saw something in you. So, I can't imagine he and I are both wrong. I think you're a lot stronger than you give yourself credit for, Metreon. I I don't go there because I I believe in anything. You know, I I don't really care much for gods and such. But when I was growing up, you know, I... Anytime I couldn't get into where I was where I was living, you know, I knew that some temples would have sanctuaries. So, you know, more often than not, you know, I could just sneak in and, you know, get in there and rest in the pews, and then come sun up and I just get back out. Sometimes you know, some some clerics would be would be a little bit more kind about it than others, but he was he was different. I'm the reason he's dead. No. No, that's not you. He... He's sick. He's a twisted bastard. With an overblown ego. And... I'll give him a lot of powers... It's him. You have to know that. This is all some fucked up game to him. These people and this country are pawns. We didn't Not ask to be pawns. And, but it's whatever, right? We can't do much about it right now. Just gotta get a rest. Look, I can't say that answers will come, but You know, maybe things will start to make sense. And if they don't, you'll have me and we can just complain about it the entire time. Well, 
Metreon doesn't say anything back. He just uh, takes a sip from his wineskin and passes it down to Kiva, if she wants any. Yeah, she'll like sit up a little bit to take a sip and then just lay back down and sort of just trace circles on his leg wherever she can reach and probably end up falling asleep there. Yeah, Metreon just kind of stays there, lets her do her thing and drinks himself to sleep. Slowly the light of the moon fades and you find yourself falling drifting off to sleep uh, as Amity and Erthrandir uh, complete their own evening and come to a rest atop the hill Lillison, is there anything more you'd like to do before turning in for the night? Yes as uh, Kiva is approaching Metreon um, Lillison walks off into not really like the deep woods, but um, far enough away that she can't really see the uh, the camp anymore. And then she is going to start with a very stony face, um, start pushing um, puffs of green noxious gas into the air, just one after another. Um, after a while of doing this, she clenches her teeth and starts sending rays of sickening greenish energy uh, lashing out in front of her. Uh, she does this four times. Uh, clenches her fist, starts, you know, looks like she's thinking about doing it a fifth. Then her shoulders slump and she just hangs her head and stays standing there for a while. You stand there alone quietly for a moment and you can just faintly hear the hissing and the slight dribbling of rotted molten tree bark and dead plant life decaying upon the ground, small pools of black and brackish green. And in that moment, though the woods around you are dark, they are also silent. And you feel... Alone. How long do you remain in the woods? Probably about half an hour after that. And then after a while, she takes a very deep breath and turns to go back. All right. And with that, you slowly make your way toward the edge of the tree line and back toward the Vistani encampment. Okay. And with that, as Lillison, you slowly return to turn in for the night as Amity, Erthrandir do the same Kiva and Metreon slumbering on their own. You pass into the rest of night and it's there. We will take our break. Oh my god, I didn't think you would actually roll for random encounters. Oh god. It's Strahd with a steel chair! Oh, I, I would laugh my ass off, but also I'd be very sad. Alright. Well, as always, we will pick back up after a 15-minute break. Hopefully you all enjoyed uh, having warm fuzzies, because I promise I'll destroy them. 
but that was like 20% warmth by volume drag. <laughs> now don't give me that. Regardless, good stuff. Love the mush. We do hope you enjoy and we will see you back here soon.